Welcome to 1630 Ravello Drive, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. It's a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. This week's episode is Season 3, Episode 6, Band Candy. We're going to be talking about plot. We're going to be talking about characters. We're going to be talking about human sacrifices. So, spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it or after it, and probably the comics and maybe other TV shows and movies. Join us, won't you? We're getting in the line to marry Miss Barton. Hello, everybody. I've, my name's Kelly, and, and I'm here with my co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. Daniel, say hello. Rough, rough. Oh, and we're here to talk about season three, episode six, Band Candy. Written by Jane Espenson, which is the first one of hers for this series. Uh, she will go on to write 22 more episodes, including some of my favorites, Earshot, Superstar, Checkpoint, and Conversations with Dead People, uh, as well as two episodes of Angel, one in the first one in the second season, directed by Michael Lang, second episode of his, the first being Surprise, and only directs two more, Bad Girls and Pangs, uh, which Jane Espenson also had a hand in writing, and two episodes of Angel that he'll direct as well. But What did what happened in what this happened? episode, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so put on the spot. Uh, everything's pretty normal in Sunnydale. Buffy's feeling a little bit of stress, being torn by Giles and Joyce, uh, being overscheduled by their desires to train slash parent. Maybe we can say parents. Uh, Maybe you can say parents. And everything seems normal otherwise until suddenly the parents, grown-ups, start acting a little strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, completely unrelated, the band is having a candy sale <laughs> chocolate chocolate bars milk bars to be exact uh, and it turns out that those those milk bars are turning the grown-ups into teenagers so. did they raise enough money for the band i hope in the end these parents paid for the it. chocolate right i mean no i think that's... ethan rain took it ran man so the silver lining that the band got enough funding is really it just wow. didn't happen we don't we know. even got that line from trick in the end he was like yeah we should pay him he did his job right so there's a possibly canon possibly not canon little like compendium book called uh sunnydale high the yearbook and i can't confirm it because it's the same people that did the watcher's guide which is official but it's not a novel it's just uh like extras from the show and things like that it's just kind of like a little summaries and just weird little tidbits it's kind of like a a book full of dvd extras um and this was written by the same people this uh sunnydale high yearbook but the way that the wikipedia entry is it sounds like it's a little bit of novelization where like they're they're uh, embodying the characters to write notes to each other in the yearbook so it's like i don't think it's canon but in that yearbook supposedly the band candy drive fundraiser raised six hundred thousand (laughs) dollars which is Fucking impossible. Like, amazing. No way. They did have a lot of chocolate in that There's little warehouse. There's a lot. Of they did. And then, like, we are meant to think that everybody's. And the know, parents just like, were like, A-B-E-C. my bank account? $100,000? Yeah. Just spend it for the candy. I Always mean, be eating chocolate, literally, in every scene. They're just, like, cramming it into their faces. So, I mean, so $600,000, though. And for a whole community, that's not really. I would expect even more. We're meant to believe that Sunnydale's only 30000 large. All right, that was bullshit. So, we're talking. How, so, everybody's I mean, buying. Everyone spent $2. 
Wait, no, it'd oh, be twenty thousand. Yeah. Twenty dollars. That's not that much. That's like four bars of chocolate. But everybody. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, insane. I mean, Joyce bought a whole case. She did. Listen, yeah. I'm gonna. Th- I was gonna bring this up later, but it, it makes sense now. This is the Ivan News in Power Rangers dilemma, <laughs> and the mom and dad in the Nicolas Cage mom and dad movie. Oh my god! You are you are adamantly it saying that the, the the whole population of adults that don't have children that would never be involved in this scheme are just gone. Like how I understand the parents touching the ooze and I understand the parents wanting to murder their children. And I understand the parents buying the chocolate from their kids. But why would we buy chocolate? We would be part of this world or we'd be looking in horror as adults are running around hitting children in their car and then running away. What would we be doing? We'd be calling the cops. That wouldn't work. We'd be calling what the national guard, like society would break down. So this is like humorous on so many levels because if you go one step further, this is societal breakdown. Oh right yeah! Here, if completely. you just believe everyone bought twenty dollars worth of chocolate, including of course us, it makes sense. If we were in Sunnydale, mm-hmm. what would ever compel if us Willow to buy? Willow came to your door and asked you to buy chocolate. Would you not? <laughs> Willow never went door. None of these she people. Did, she did. She said. She, she said that. She, she was she like, did. I went to like four houses and then it was gone. She just made out with Xander. She didn't do shit. Oh god, I'm gonna get that way. I swear to God. They were like trying to open the door. <laughs> this is that, is that what that is? Horror yeah, movie shit. The, yeah. Yeah, they're. <laughs> if it was that handle, is it the handle? No. Yeah. No, it is yeah. the handle. They're going to get out. <laughs> for sure. They can't learn that trick. That's oh, not that's a good true. one. <laughs> no, you got to lock No, it's them. not a. It's a. It's a. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure it's a handle I, like this. I thought it was. A, it's definitely the handle on the outside, but. Is it, it might be on the inside too. I think it's turned. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's a handle. Oh, you're right. No, no, it is. Yeah, because now yeah. I can see yeah. it clearly hitting yeah. Daniel's door, and it true, is a, true. Yeah. We sure. podcast until they arrive. <laughs> <laughs> Puts a new pressure on. Yeah. Uh, I think we covered the plot. <laughs> yeah. oh, but no, we didn't. Is it the door swings out though, so they'll never get it. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, it comes It'll in. swing towards them, so right, they'd have right. to pull it. Yeah, they'll they'll back. get it. They can probably get it if down. If they pushed, even if they push the handle down, but I can see against it, it's not gonna open. But right. Winnie getting caught up in there and sliding back <laughs> with it, <laughs> June grabs her by the back leg, just pulls. No, no, Winnie stays there, stuck. Her paw. <laughs> Forever. Be great. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, so they all eat the candy, and then oh, it's Ethan Rain's fault somehow because he was enlisted by Trick to do it, and he's the like little. He gets off real easy. I just want to say. Well, he does, but he doesn't actually hurt anybody. That's why I love Ethan Rain because he's like just chaotic neutral. Like he doesn't, I guess, chaotic evil, right? Like he's he has bad intentions, <laughs> but he doesn't ever like murder anybody. No one ever dies. I mean, I guess maybe some kids died. During he the does literally thing. call the people and say, "Get in here quick." You know, the the window's closing because the Slayer knows now. Get in here and take over the town yeah. now. We'll steal the babies now, right? Yeah, so I think... So there was an intention for uh, babies to be sacrificed. True. Your reverence of Ethan Rain is problematic, just like yeah. your love of Joyce. I like Ethan Rain. He's I know great. you do. Well, you know. Uh, and then everybody turns back to their normal selves. So. But they do remember. That's important. They do, which is different, supposedly, than the hyena, which we knew was wrong. But then also, what was the other one where... The love spell. I think everybody's still remembered too. Right. Yeah. Father be bewildered. Uh, not really any firsts in this episode. 
Um, I got a, a mildly interesting fact. I won't even say fun fact. Uh, the Willie Loman thing. It's I didn't know worse. who that. I mean, yeah, there was a really there wasn't anything new in this episode. It was just a fun filler yeah. episode. There wasn't. We we're not really establishing anything or do. Oh, or Angel does Tai Chi. That's new and awful. Was it Tai Chi? Mm. Okay. Oh yeah. I just didn't know if it was well, Taekwondo. It's weird. David Boreanaz Tai Chi. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Willie Loman is the main character in Deaths of a Salesman, which Buffy says not to go mm. all Willie Loman on you because I didn't know who that was. Uh, and Death of a Salesman is the play that they're putting on in Restless. Nice. So yay! But other than that. Uh, we could just kind of get into it. I love this episode. I think we all love this episode. Love, 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 love. It's just really funny. And I think that it's had to happen in season three, as we talked about uh, a little bit before, where we know our our characters so well that you really need to have that buildup of of who each of these characters is to be able to play with it so much and to be able to do this kind of like fan service day episode. Um, Because if we try to do this in season one, it wouldn't be as fun because we don't know like how out of character that is for Joyce or for Giles or for Snyder or whomever. I like chocolate. There is no bad here. I mean, how well do we really know Snyder? Well, we we know he's a hard Yeah, that he's just like insufferable. And now when he's a teenager, he's insufferable, but in a different way. Um, well, that's why the episode also works is that Jane Espenson like d- did her homework. You know, she wasn't like a guest writer coming on to like write a fun little idea. Like even the pack, they never show up again. They just had an idea and they put it to paper. And obviously episode six of a whole series, they get a little bit of a pass. But like Jane Espenson really knows our characters and yeah. continued the storylines that were important and played stuff, especially with with Buffy and Giles, like where they're just like, like the whole moment where she's like, do you want to challenge me? Do you really want to do that, Giles? Giles, think about this. You want to fight me? You want to let me talk to my mother? That, 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 those are really subtle moments where you're like, oh, like she really knows what's going on here and like who he is as a 16 year old. He understands lore and like this is what he's been bred to do and he'll eventually be it, but he's not there yet, but he knows. I don't know. It's you're, you're juggling on a lot of uh, perspectives and she does a really, really good job, I thought. Yeah, she really does know the characters well and especially Giles she seemed to have a, a penchant for because she does A New Man, which is also a Giles episode oh, cool, cool. Uh, where Ethan Rain shows up for the last time. And uh, there's a little behind the scenes thing on the season three DVD extras where she's talking about writing a joke for Wesley, who we haven't met yet, which mm. is crazy to think uh, that he's such a big deal in Wesley this show. Watch. <laughs> Wesley Watch. Um is that she's talking about writing a joke for him specifically and using British slang and all this stuff. And I think she really gets Giles and enjoys writing for him because Checkpoint's a big uh, episode for him too, even though we center mostly on the council. It's a story of, of Giles. Um, and I, I, I really, I'm gl- she's a great addition. I'm glad that she gets to write so many episodes for the show. Um, the I think to me, the clunkiest part of this episode is everything that happens once we get to the hospital. I don't like that it's babies, not because I care that it's babies, but just because it feels like, oh, demon, baby eating demon. Uh, and then it's a sad snake thing. I don't know. I need help. Okay, Giles, I need grownups. These children are going to die if we don't act now, okay, and think clearly. There is no room for mistakes. Besides which, guys are just wigging me out. Sorry. We'll behave. And just the whole, yeah, that, that whole latter scene of them at the hospital and then going to the sewers felt really clunky. Why was Trick actually there? Why was the fucking mayor there? Like, okay, he's paying tribute to the demon, but does the guy need to show up in person? I don't know. Just felt he needed to, to call in that there was a faulty electrical wiring right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and gas Potential wiring. Potential gas leak, so that, whatever, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which again, like, it was such a tiny thing and it's really dumb, but 
who no other writer on the show so far has done those little tiny things like one moment before she then uses the gas line that's faulty to blow the demon away it's like little tiny stupid shit like that the reason that they were in the sewer was to sacrifice babies children i mean whoa yeah and uh i was wondering about human sacrifices all right human sacrifice (laughs) all right all right (laughs) we're carrying over from homecoming human sacrifice Yeah. yeah okay um human sacrifice is the act of killing one or more people Usually as an offering to a god as part of a ritual. That's essentially the definition of as it. As we understand as it. As we yeah. got it in the episode, which yeah, is good. As we got it in the episode. Um, it's generally used to please or like appease gods if they're angry. Or sewer, sewer dwelling giants. Or you do, yeah. So if or they're angry, soul. you do a human sacrifice to make them happy. Or if they're happy, you do a human sacrifice to keep them happy. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you just want the gods happy. Yeah, it can bring good fortune, like good crops or good harvests, uh, good health. Um, they'll do it. They would do it to bless the like building once they finish building it, like a temple or a bridge. Um, they would do human sacrifice to win in war. <laughs> if you were a very important person when you died, your servants and your family would oh, uh, no. also die so that they can continue to serve you in the afterlife. Cool. <laughs> so you would have many people killed on your behalf as a whole family wiped out. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Um, Can't prove it doesn't work. <laughs> and it often went down to your horses and your dogs and your animals. God, They'd Jesus. all be buried in a massive grave together. With the idea that then they could continue to cater to your needs. Just keep hanging <laughs> out. Cool. Um, and then there is also just like the black magic type of human sacrifice where you use it for like divination or to see the future or something like that. And to this point, all modern religions condemn it and it is illegal in every country. Now we As use it the is term, murder. As it should be. Now we use the terms and we don't really have the cultural framework around the idea of human sacrifice. We call it ritual murder. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, when yeah, you okay. use that umbrella, you also fall into things like the Zodiac Killer and serial killers that have like a very specific set of steps that they take when they're committing a murder that it kind of falls in the same framework even if it doesn't have the religious belief backing it uh, i also found out that apparently human sacrifice was a very good way to um bring people together <laughs> into unity right let's murder it this would one essentially yeah. strengthen social together. bonds between groups of people yeah, that's your lord of the flies shit, yeah. because oftentimes you would sacrifice either people that uh, um volunteered because it was a great honor to do so or your enemies that you captured in a battle and so it would like make you feel better about your country and about you know the people around you and everything like public executions kind of thing yeah often people would actually combine the two it would be an execution but it would also be a ritual sacrifice so you'd appease the gods but you'd also get rid of the people you don't want around anymore (laughs) it's like a (laughs) win-win um but it could also uh destabilize the society Shocker. depending on what it was some people consider like the um witch hunts in europe and in salem as ritual yeah like human kind of. sacrifice mm-hmm. um and obviously that didn't go as well <laughs> no, it did not so a couple of noteworthy things i found a god named moloch hey malcolm and i really care about each other a big deal if i blow off a couple classes I thought you said you overslept. Malcolm said you wouldn't understand. 
He was a Canaanite god that was known for child sacrifice. From ancient Italy? 1500s Italy? Not 1500s Italy, but from like Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Israel, like the Middle Eastern area. And his name is also sometimes spelled Malcolm. Eh, that's definitely the same thing. Moloch is the god of money. Yeah, definitely uh, that guy. In ancient Rome, they did human sacrifices until up to uh, 97 BCE is when they officially banned it. But they continued to bury Vestal Virgins alive. Oh, that's because nice. it was uh, considered to keep the peace in Rome. So they would bury virgin nuns alive. Yeah, they would take a thirty-year vow of chastity, and if anyone was suspected of breaking that vow, or if they needed some good mojo, they would bury the virgins alive. They actually had a specific um, like chamber that they built to lock them in until they died. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's really fun. And then the last thing I want to talk about was Aztec culture. I thought it was really interesting because I think it does a good idea, good job of illustrating why the cultures all over the world have participated in human sacrifice. Um, In Aztec mythology, they had the legend of the five sons, sons as in, you know. Celestial bodies. Celestial bodies and not children. But that these were the gods that sacrificed themselves so that mankind could live. So, like, the idea of self-sacrifice is built into the core of their existence. And so they think that they owe a great debt to the gods that sacrificed themselves and therefore would do things that are godlike. So offer themselves for sacrifice. When they, uh, they had a priest who had to defend the act, and they said, quote, life is because of the gods with their sacrifice they gave us life they produce our sustenance which nourishes life and so it's their idea that they're indebted to these gods that sacrifice themselves that they would um offer debt payments which would be human sacrifice along with also riches gold food animals they specifically raised animals for sacrifice including jaguars oh it's pretty cool and they would build these big temples that they would fill the brain with all of this stuff, including the humans they sacrificed. Um, so there's just a, a, a temple full of dead shit? They, yeah, uh, oh. they keep finding, they um, even like in 1995, someone found like a temple that had evidence of human sacrifice, like bones and stuff. Whoa. So the thing that I thought was most interesting, though, is that, you know, it wasn't just the Aztecs. It was all the cultures in, like... South America that would do this or Central America and so even if they were sacrificing someone they captured in war these people would participate and agree to do so because if you were going to be a human sacrifice victim you were supposed to do all of these rites before it happened including blessing children greeting people (laughs) hearing petitions to the gods visiting people in their homes leading sacred songs processions and dances so even though you were captured in war and you maybe weren't part of like the Aztec society, you would have similar beliefs yourself and so you would understand so you would do it because it was honorable. Mm. <laughs> Better than being oh. like killed in like a dishonorable way. So you would continue to like bless children even though you knew you were gonna like be taken to the top of a temple and disemboweled. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> um so yeah, so they would do the like the ritual killing, but the thing that I thought was interesting was it said that if they didn't do this, they obviously they're still going to be killed, but it would be an insult to gods. Instead of like praising them as it's happening, they'd like call them names and tell them that they were terrible. 
But still kill them. But still, still kill them. them. Right, right, I right. mean, if it's like a prisoner of war, what else are you going to do? It's just murdering for the sake of murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you could say that even like us killing people in prisons and stuff is just state-sanctioned mass execution. Oh, which, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was really informative. Thanks. It's crazy to think that like it's just this weird cause and effect thing. I'm sure at some point in history... Somebody was experiencing a drought or experiencing some kind of dire situation. Somebody was killed at the same moment the rain started pouring or whatever situation was immediately resolved. So it was like, clearly the answer is murder. If we murder someone every time, this is going to get fixed. I think that the way you're thinking, never, never, none of this ever occurred to any of them. You don't this think was, that's happened that No, way? no, it was the 100%. That was the cause. It wasn't even like, I'm thinking it is. It's that it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine... Those just sort of worlds. Just, so now it explains. So now we have we have children that are being sacrificed to a CGI lizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, snake. Yeah, sure. And it get it only feeds once every thirty years. That's pretty That's pretty convenient. This seems like a really big like chicken McNugget meal. It seems like there's only one every thirty, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been more than thirty. It's been like a little bit over thirty. Well, you said this one's late, so yeah, late. But how much late? Mm-hmm. Five people late. I mean, man, this is like a meal. It's starting to be like a six piece almost. Well, and maybe they, he always eats three babies. Like three babies, you know, mm-hmm. or something. You know, right. five. It's like I mean, a it's a big snake. It's true, but I, how can you even survive on five? Like, yeah. also, what kind of world are we in? Like. Or is this like an interdimensional demon who who eats like at every dimension that it goes to, or is it just live in that sewer system? I'm, I kind of we're just, just not gonna there, think right? about that. Yeah. We probably shouldn't think too hard about it. No, I don't think so. What does a snake do that would like lead you to feel the need to sacrifice to it? Yeah, because that was the other thing I ran across is like, at least in my research is that generally they aren't sacrificing people for evil reasons, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. what they're doing is, you know, like, it's supposed to make the gods happy. They're not, like, sacrificing humans for the devil. Right. To, or like, for their gain own... riches or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, like, what does this do? And also, what does that monster do? Does he have another form? Does he do something that benefits other people? Because I'm confused about what the snake does and how it even bestowed anything upon the mayor that the mayor would need to sacrifice children for its benefit. I made certain deals to get where I am today. This demon requires his tribute. You see, that's what separates me from other politicians, Mr. Trick. I keep my campaign promises. Put that scotch. Because even at the end, Trick was like, listen, I got rid of this guy for you. You know, you should count that as a blessing. But like, what did the snake do? What? What? Why? I mean, maybe it's just that it would like cause damage in Sunnydale that the mayor would have to deal with. You well, know? wouldn't people know that it was an enormous snake in the public work it's system? Sunnydale. The mayor, The mayor called in a work order. Surely these right people have seen in work orders before. Like, I don't I don't understand. Well, in classic Buffy fashion, there's definitely no lore at all on their conus. There's just nothing available. Uh, but there is a prayer that was cut. Uh, well, a, a, like a ritual prayer that the vampires would be shouting at, at uh, Laconis while he was feeding the babies. I think they did a little bit of it. But do you want to know I what do. the prayer is? I need to know. Laconis, come near. Laconis, be sated. Laconis, with the age of a thousand demons, kept young by the flesh of the young. Okay. Kept strong by the devotions of the strong. Laconis, feast this day and treat us with mercy. Laconis emerged to consume what we offer and make it of his flesh. 
Laconis come near, but uh, it's spoken. Latin. Amen. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, I guess the presumption, like any good ritual sacrifice, is that it will keep whatever evils Laconis might possibly unleash on the town of Sunnydale at oh, bay. Oh, so you're sating the demon. I got you. Okay, yeah. that makes a little bit more sense. Because if you don't feed him, he's going to get pissed and come out of the sewer, is the idea. Mostly his gravest sin is that the people, the graphics department of uh, the show that we watch, yeah. Buffy. Yeah, the WB. <laughs> I think this is a, a Buffy Kaz Kazooie independent yes, thing. Anyway, blame Kaz Kazooie. Uh, it was so good. Joss Whedon was so impressed that he was like, we can definitely do the mayor. We can definitely do the mayor. We're going to do the this mayor. This was our pilot program. Done. Okay, that makes more sense then. So we're saving the demon to not come after our people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so the mayor doesn't want, doesn't want that. He doesn't want a big coup. And so I just don't understand how he gave political power for the mayor to become the mayor of, like, a small town. I don't know that he did. I think it was just to prevent, maybe, I don't know. Then what was the whole thing about, I have people that I've got to, I got to pay my debts to these people. How is the mayor ever hanging out with this giant snake monster? <laughs> or whoever is the keeper of the snake monster, He's who we did not see. for 120 years, I think. We That's not enough out. time. This yeah. snake has been around. Has, has to have been around thousands for thousands and thousands. And thousands. Yeah. He is a lore character yeah. who Giles heard about in the 1960s as That's a right. student. That's right. So get the fuck out of here with your modern pipe systems that cannot accommodate in the girth of a giant snake. snake. <laughs> maybe fuck it's off. like maybe it's like a Mario pipe where the snake goes into it and it's like and then it just like disappears into a different world. I think Jane Espenson is like having a fit right now if she's listening to us because she's like. I did such a great job. <laughs> Listen, this is what I had to work with. I gave you as little as I had to. Yeah, it's true. And she did a great job yeah. of giving us just, I know she had to fit that bullshit in. Mm-hmm. And she did a great job with it because she didn't linger on it like other people do. But mm-hmm. man, it sucks. Yeah, it really, really sucks. The whole Lurconis part, if you count just from like the hospital of stealing the babies yeah. and then the snake, I think it's like seven minutes. We are maybe. really harking on it a lot. I think we need to just stop. Like, like this episode is so episode. yeah this episode is so banging that it's that shit doesn't even matter no. I'll never think about that stupid shit again until graduation day <laughs> this episode is fire this episode is so good well why do you like it so much Jamie it is so much fun it just captures that teenagers teenageness uh, of every character I mean everybody is going through stuff and Jane Espenson is obviously a new writer and just bringing a different approach to it and just having our our adults be kids is such a fun. Idea. Something's definitely changing them. What's Bill? Teenagers. It's a sobering mirror to look into, huh? It's I so easy. It's so like simple, but it, I it's so effective. I don't recall it happening on any other show I've ever seen before or since, and it's just really fun. It's such an inspired idea, and they just instead of it being because it is truly a throwaway episode, it's truly a a filler episode. Mm-hmm. But this is a top twenty episode of all time. It's so good. That it didn't, it never needed to be this good. It didn't deserve to be this good, but it's so cool that like a, a writer for her first time just came in and just knocked it out of the park. And I think that's what's so impressive. And also just knowing how far she takes this stuff in the future, it's really impressive that on the first try, it's just this is such a classic moment. And just to see, especially Ripper and Joyce, uh, we do not like Joyce on this podcast. Well, I guess you do famously, <laughs> but Station and I do not like Joyce for good reasons because she's the worst person in the world, but. It really does make her into this like really cool character that I am really drawn to, and I love watching her in this episode. Do you know who I am? Of course, you're Buffy. Hey, look, they're, they're giving away candy. You want some candy? No, I don't, and you don't need any more either. 
I'm fine. I can have more if I want. You are not fine. You need to go home. <laughs> Screw you. It's really fun. I think the actors it's... really carry it. They so, do. Are the uh, teenage versions of the characters we see someone you'd actually want to hang out with? I think I would want to hang out with Giles because I would want to know what his records are. Yeah. We could we not We tried determine. really hard to figure out what the records are. I mean, obviously, it's Cream. Cream, uh, Disraeli Gears, right. and uh, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. But there's the only Possibly Green River by Creedence Clearwater Revival. So if you know out there, at Beat Me Pod, just tweet at There's us. definitely an album that's mostly visible, like the bottom third of the album is visible. And it's, I think it's a black and white cover with somebody, like a portrait of somebody wearing a, a scarf. scarf. Yeah. Um, but I can't really tell what the other so ones are. So if you know, let us know. Our quality's not very good. But yeah. I would want to hang out with him because he's pretty cool. Joyce just seems like exactly what she ever portrayed herself as Buffy to be, which is like, I was kind of, I was this party girl type of whatever before you came along. That's how I've always seen Joyce. Like Buffy was always an interruption in her life. Mm -hmm. And even Joyce that we see on this where it's like, I'm waking up from a dream. It's like, I've just had a kid and now I'm like free again. Mm -hmm. And and I'm and like I like that because that's a very deep thought and it's something that I'm sure a lot of parents have, especially when their kids leave. It's like, wow, that was a weird eighteen years. Let me not. We can we can start again. We can do whatever. Um, I know tons of families, my parents included, that it seems like they just woke up and became mm-hmm. different people. So it's an interesting idea. But obviously, we like to rag on Joyce. But I don't think I'd like to hang out with Joyce. But I would love to hang out with Ripper. So how come they call you Ripper? Wouldn't you like to know? Hmm. Wait a minute. This is what it's been. Good. Men are gonna get a band together. Hey Ripper, you wanna watch TV? I know how to order pay-per-view. No, let's go out and have some fun. Tear things up a bit. Okay. We could go to the bronze. Bloody lousy, that place is dead. The rest of the town, I don't know. They all seem like weirdo creeps. I mean, especially like... Uh, <laughs> the guys uh, on stage. Hilar- oh yeah, Cordelia's dad, like locking oh himself God. in with the Esquire magazine. just masturbating like, wow. for the evening. Yeah. That's great. Cool. cool. Great, that great line. I was hilarious. I was not expecting that. I was like shocked. I was like, oh my God. It was Ooh. a masturbation joke. I'm about the vampire. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Xander is just like, I ate the things too and I don't under... Oh. I see. They're acting like that was like a cell phone. Like <laughs> okay. Which all of those, those little moments are just so priceless. That's what makes for me the best, the best episode. There's a lot of subtlety, uh, and that goes to Anthony Stewart Head and uh, Christine Sutherland delivering it really well. There, the scene in particular when the, the chocolate's like first starting to take effect when they're in Buffy's house and they've caught her um, lying to them because she was hanging out with Angel and not either of the places she said she was going to be. Uh, you, you can tell it's it's so funny. The, the dialogue's pretty straightforward. It's like, we're worried about Buffy. You know, you got to just let kids do what they want to do. Giles uses a little, someone uses slang. She says freaked out or something like that. Joyce mm-hmm. does, I think. Um, but the way that Anthony Stewart head sits on the couch and he like spreads his legs open, he just kind of like slumps there. Mm-hmm. And it's like very un, un Giles as we know him. And I, I think that just that little bit of body language change is a really big difference and uh, evidence of that. It's not necessarily the dialogue that makes Giles Giles. It's, you know, the whole thing and the whole character. He like, tells her to go to bed and it's yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> like he's like a dad figure. Mm-hmm. He's never really used that card, but like when he does play it in that moment, she doesn't know what's happening. She like, is like, Okay, I'm not bad, I guess. <laughs> I've been bad. Been bad. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing is great. I mean, I wanted to talk about Joyce because we're so famous for being, sure. uh, you know, a, not not a fan of Joyce. So uh, what I'm worried about, Kelly, is that you're going to rank Joyce really high because well, she is really high. She's uh, really uh, five? Above, like, a two. <laughs> yeah. 
a five is too much. Her just getting points <laughs> for being in here. So I want to go through and maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for... I would like you to make your case. This I'm going to make the case. a podcast solely about making cases for choice. So we talked a lot about the, the snake, but really the true snake in the garden is definitely oh choice. No, I don't... That is... So I made a catalog of Joyce's bullshit, and we're going to go through it one by one, because I want it to be clear that Joyce is still, still not a good mom. No, okay. she's not. Even though, direct yes. quote, mm. Oh, yes, no. You're a good mom, Buffy Summers. <laughs> You're a good mom. I'm the best. No, I'm pretty sure the best moms let their daughters drive. And yet? Let, let's get to that. Okay. Let's start, however, in the kitchen at the Summers household. What are we eating for dinner in the middle of the day? Chinese food, because Joyce doesn't cook. Buffy, what would I do with 40 chocolate bars? You could hand them out at the gallery. Buy something pre-Columbian, get a free cavity. Joyce asks, what would I do with 40 shots? That's a reasonable demand. What would she do? Uh, I don't know. Help your fucking daughter out of a bind. (laughs) Uh, She bought her own fucking prom homecoming dress. You should probably pitch in, what, $2 for a candy bar? It's too much? Well, now you're asking her to sell at 80 bucks. Buffy muses, buy something pre-Columbian, get a free cavity, you know, give it out to your mm. patrons at your quote unquote job. And I, my first thought was, now you're fucking selling the artifacts? You fucking monster. At first, you're just taking them as a little colonial master, putting it on your fucking wall. But now you're selling it. Well, it is an art gallery. Isn't that what they yeah. do? Where did you get this? <laughs> Who did you steal it from? Give it back. I mean, that's the moral thing to do is With to give it back. With those candy bars as an apology. Um, yes, yes. That is That would be a very nice touch. I am so sorry for being Imperial Master. Here you Here's go. Here's a candy bar. Here's a candy bar. Uh, Buffy says, you're a good mom. Joyce says, the best. And she said, no, I'm pretty sure the best moms give me keys to drive. And I just thought, you know, that's not really fair. I think that Joyce saying... No to her driving is fine. But the arrogance of Joyce to call herself the best mom. I thought that was sarcastic. That was like a self-deprecating thing. The arrogance. (laughs) (laughs) And then Joyce says, I don't want you going down the highway to Chicago. Now that's one to throw out. Now I was like, don't bring Chi-Town into this, Joyce. Are you afraid of having to go and retrieve your daughter from Chicago? Probably. What have you done in Chicago? Why are you so afraid to show how many daughters have you lost to Chicago? What is the Chicago's a long way from Sunnydale. True. And rightfully so. She's like, listen, man, I took care of myself. But then she said, don't you think Mr. Giles is taking up too much of your time? And then Buffy quips and says, and does he ever say he's sorry? The next scene, Giles and uh, Joyce are catching Buffy in the act when uh, she's coming back from Angel's house. Can you imagine the giddiness that Joyce and Giles had when they were planning that setup where Joyce was waiting at the door and Giles was like, oh, is she coming? Is she coming? Is she coming? Let me, let me get her. Should I just hide behind? Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll come out at exactly the right time and we'll, we'll surprise you. What's the cue? What's the cue? Yeah, what's the cue? What are we doing? Uh, come on. Are you kidding me? Like, what is this, Giles? Snitch. He's snitch. <laughs> <laughs> what is the problem? Uh, I Like, why doesn't Giles just talk to Buffy? I don't understand that. Like, you can talk to Buffy. Why are you bringing the mom into this? Especially because Joyce has lost her right of privilege. We've already made that clear. Like, she's not a mom anymore. And it's bullshit to treat her like she... Because she brings it up in this episode, too. Just later on in the scene. It's like... Okay, fine. I'm acting like a child. Maybe that's because you're both treating me like a child. Buffy. You're both scheduling me 24 hours a day. Between the two of you, that's 48 hours. I just want to be able to make a few decisions on my own. The last time you made a decision on your own, you split. Yeah, and I took care of myself. I don't need this much active parenting. You can't really be trying to use this summer as a reason you should be trusted. You can't babysit me all the time. I need you to back off a little. 
get your helicopter parent shit out of my face. You were never like that before. Don't be like that now. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair. It's a good point. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know that the spell was coming on, but Joyce, after she went to bed and they did that funny stuff we just talked about, she legitimately just drops the wrapper onto the floor. Does she catch that? Yes, like, she would. I believe that. But I mean, it's still her house. She knows that. And she's still the adult. <laughs> so it's kind of amazing. So now we go into the realm of Joyce under the spell. So we can't 100% blame her, but I think the spell does allow a little bit of wiggle room because, again, they do know what they're doing and they have a, a, an awareness of who they are and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. She walks in the oh, house. The group they were absolutely fucking that morning. You think so? Absolutely. Because Giles can call out of work. Joyce, she's free. She doesn't have anything to do. She doesn't actually. Well, can't she confirm the art gallery. Close the gallery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't confirm that it's canon. I, I imagine that it happened, but I can't confirm. Super fucked. Giles said in front of Buffy, quote, it'll be tight, but we'll fit. So that was gross just in and of itself. Oh uh, Joyce said that they had, quote unquote, more work to do and to scram. Gives her the keys to the Jeep, knowing that she's a shit driver. And I just got to bring up right now. Can you imagine Allstate and all the insurance companies the day after this shit getting all the calls? Oh, my God. Yeah. Every car is wrecked. There's so many yeah. claims. There's so many claims. But Sunnydale is a normal town. Uh, and then her teen self picks up the bottle. She was drunk the whole time. Did Buffy notice that I was drunk? And I'm like... Wow, shades of this drunk version of Joyce that we don't get in the show coming out right there. That's another indication that Joyce is a drunk Mm. and she is really good at hiding it as an adult. And so she's obviously with the bottle there. Just have another drink. Don't you talk to me that way. Um, Being like, did you notice? Uh." And then she says she's good at ordering pay-per-view. I don't. I don't know what. I uh, know how to order pay-per-view. Right. Wasn't the implication it's porn. Right. Oh, well, yeah. So right? Anyways. Yeah. Okay. So that's fine. That's fine yeah. for Joyce. That's fine. Uh, and then when they were that's on fine. the town. Give her a point for that. Give her a point for that. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about uh, her saying that she was waking up from parenting, which is a terrible thing to say, but does make a lot mm-hmm. of sense. And I don't want to blame her too much on this stuff because I think it's really great character building, but that is a whole thing. And then she participates in a burglary and tells Giles <laughs> that he's brave for smashing a trash can through a window. Ripper, you are so uh, brave. And then, and then he violently assaults a cop. Ooh, copper's got a gun. I never use it, though, man. Well, so. And then calls Ripper so cool and like Burt Reynolds, rest in peace. Uh, and then they make out and fuck twice on a cop car. I didn't actually know this, but they do say later, right? Earshot, mm-hmm. you said? Yeah, an earshot. Yeah. yeah. Insane. So they just fucked on top of that <laughs> twice, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> including the fuck in the morning. <laughs> I mean, Ooh, again, non- non-canon. Listen, I'll give it to you. Then we go to the factory in the hospital. Making out in front of Buffy when Buffy sees them for the first time is one of the funniest moments that the show will ever do. Mom? Giles? So good. Uh, Giles says, go away. We're busy. Amazing. Uh, telling Buffy to screw you. was That was fucking amazing. Pulling the handcuffs out of her pants was fucking iconic. Uh, and then Joyce just immediately going all over Giles in the hospital was absolutely amazing uh so that stuff you can't really hold against her right i wouldn't expect you kelly to be giving her points or no points for any of that behavior in the future however post post spell she immediately (laughs) says that she's gonna make buffy pay off the damage of the car are you fucking kidding me that was your bad (laughs) joyce like that that is 
like the cherry on top. Like she's a bad mom, goes off into this world where we get some character development and it's all cutesy, and then right back to being the worst. I mean, she even me? says Buffy said it was in the service of saving the world or whatever. Like, and then she's like, so "Fuck that, you're gonna." <laughs> yep. I can't afford, yeah, to do anything. But yeah, you're gonna pay for it. Uh, hey, the way things were going, be glad that's the worst that happened. At least I got to the two of you before you actually did something. Right. Indeed. Yes. And you're going to pay me back for all those candy bars I ain't. Absolutely the worst. <laughs> so, yeah, Joyce is in rare form. Uh, this is, <laughs> there's so many episodes where... I, but but I will say, uh, Christine Sutherland fucking kills it. She's she so... Every time she's on screen, I just love how different she is. And the same thing with Anthony Stewart Head. He is absolutely like his Nescafe self. And it's like... <laughs> oh, yeah. That just pure sex... And then Christine is just pure. It's just a colliding of worlds. And I, I just, I'm here on for top that. of a cop car. I want them. I secretly, I think watching it the first time I was like, I really hope they continue this somehow. And even the, at the end, they sort of imply like, Oh, this is really yeah. weird. Goodbye. Yeah. That they would keep going. And I'm glad that they don't. It, it would have been be a little strange, especially if he became the dad. And it's like, man, that really changes the dynamic. And it makes the body even like possibly worse than it is. Well, I mean, one of the, but like forever is a fantastic episode um and one of the great scenes is giles listening to the cream record the, the song ulysses oh, taylor no. great ulysses uh and thinking about joyce and it's just like that's such a sweet perfect moment i can't wait to watch forever it's oh just like oh my god yeah. i didn't even know that that yeah. is that kills that makes me really sad and like not only is that a great moment like in the scope of the show but of the character doing that and just being like really touched that like we had this moment i'm gonna miss this woman that was yeah. in my life regardless of the capacity she was in it uh as a fan watching it like you yeah. might not even notice like yeah, yeah and just to put that in there i think and that's marty knoxon all the way so uh, marty and fucking Jane, that's dude. we'll that's talk about that team. episode in a couple of years but speaking of nescafe gold blend there's yeah. a little a little gallery for you. Oh, God. Hey, go. You're that's it. Fucking, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, what Anthony the hell? Anthony Stewart Head. Look, look he's, such a, he's such a punk. I, I love it. I love it. That's why the music is so fun, because I don't know what he actually... I want to get to know the guy. I know. What, what, what are, are those other albums, music man? Yeah, the it, the Joyce... I don't know. Defend yourself. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I really can't in this one. I... I, just because it's just so fun to watch her be somebody who's else that who's that's else? who is who's else, else? Who is just else? like us somewhere yeah, that is else. somewhere is else else <laughs> uh, Joyce is someone who is else uh, so I, I don't know but I will say I learned that uh, apparently Joyce as a teenager was supposed to be kind of a bookish outcast which does not read at all uh, she mentions in an episode in the first or second season that she was on yearbook um, or something like that, and that, that she just like, didn't go out a whole lot or something. I will say, I thought she was just a liar. That's what I, I mean. But because be like, the vibe that she too. gives off on this in, during band candy is not to me that at all. Like she seems to be a little boy crazy to use mm-hmm. an antiquated weird term, uh, and, and she seems to want to really fit in and like I don't know, like just be cool and edgy and different. Like she mentioned Seals and Croft, which is like a soft rock band from the sixties or seventies, uh, and. Giles is like, what the fuck? I would never listen to them. And she's like, oh yeah, no, me either. I don't like them either. So it's like she just constantly wants to please Giles the whole time. She doesn't seem to be much of her own person at all. She does seem insecure, which would be maybe she's not very popular. But uh, we were talking, I thought maybe it was, she would be more of like a Cordelia type, but like she didn't strike me as, Cordelia's smart. Like 
and Joyce was kind of a little daffy, not not really, not not really as witty or biting as Cordelia can be. Uh, but I think that that's what they were going for. And then when they, he steals the jacket for her, like, very Juice Newton, which I... I was going to say that. Didn't know who that was. And I looked like it up. country singer. Yeah, yeah, pop oh, country wow. singer. She Her biggest song is uh, Angel of the Morning. Okay. Just call me Angel oh, of yeah, the yeah. Morning. That Shaggy famously sampled for... Never, okay, yeah. please never do that again. <laughs> what was that's that? That's what he that sounds like. Absolute, no, 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 no. <laughs> Do you know think he sounds exactly like that? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I, don't, it does. I don't think I know. This I don't. I don't know what that was. It was like a weird muffet singing through like a tin can. You do need like a puppet right there. A puppet Shaggy. That was really lava, lava. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, spot on. I think that uh, anyone objectively would agree with me that that's absolutely true. I think absolutely would disagree with you. <laughs> Because that coat does not say country pop star to me in any shape or form. Like Janis Joplin. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Reference in, I guess. And they thought it would be funny. Well, that might be more to the, like, maybe she's a little bit of a weirdo with not great tastes. Like, I mean, no shade on Juice Newton or whatever, whatever. But, like, Stevie Nicks would have been a cool mm. thing to say, especially to somebody like but Giles. But not cool, is your point? Like well, that's she... what that's what somebody out there in the world thought maybe Joyce's teenage self would be like. Some Clearly... random person out in the world? No, I mean. <laughs> no, 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 because. <laughs> Because we're supposed to believe before this, the only little bit of tangential evidence we have to what Joyce was like when she was younger. Assuming she's, again, telling the truth. That's right, not yeah. true. I feel like we've gotten a couple of bits from her. Like, she told um, Buffy in, like, Prophecy Girl about meeting their dad at a dance and that Buffy needs to go. Yeah. And. I guess we don't have yeah. a clear picture. So I don't. See, that doesn't make me think that she's an outcast. I don't think that either. I'm just saying yeah, this I, is I don't what think we know a combination of the internet and a slight like throwaway I mean, line. And I, and I like this version though. This episode, seems I think it's to more accurate. Say that she's some sort of like boy crazy burnout. Yeah, which yeah. I think is way more accurate, and <laughs> why she would be so sense. resentful of Buffy. Yeah, like well, I didn't mean to have you. If we're gonna be honest, yeah. I was with a piece of shit. It didn't work mm-hmm. out. Surprise, surprise. Like. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the type of vibe that we're going for. And that explains Joyce, I think, a lot more than, yeah, like I was a bookish Hermione character mm-hmm. and then like now here I am. Van Candy's obviously a fantastic episode. It's really cool to put our characters in a different, uh, completely different personality to, to see, I don't know, what we can make of it. Like what can we do? And even Angel will ape this idea in one of their later seasons um, where they all spin yeah, the bottle or whatever, right? Yeah, they all lose. They go go back to high school. High school. Yeah. yeah. And Wesley's like a weird prep person. Is that the one where we get Cordelia saying, hello, salty goodness yes. for the yes, second yes, time? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, same one. Forget the name okay. of that. So, but it's the same idea, right? We're going yeah. back to being teenagers. Uh, Cordelia is less of a less of a stretch for Cordelia because it hasn't been that long. But um, Yeah. He has wound a little tight. Hello, salty goodness. I had this philosophy book checked out from the library for like a year. And he made me pay the fine even though it was huge. I'm sad to return it. 
It was perfect for starting conversations with college boys. <laughs> Hello, salty goodness. Of course that was BX. BX? Before Xander. Clever. I like chocolate. There is no bad here. And I think that, you know, the idea of people reliving their youth is a pretty common trope and stuff. But yeah. they do it in a really fun way. Uh, but when you have a show like this, you can actually do it and make sense. Like and, that that would happen. Yeah. Right? Like that, that would physically other show. change instead of, well, not physically, but emotionally change in a real way versus somebody else just like having a midlife crisis kind of thing. Yeah, but in a dream for another show, it's less destructive than this actually happening to this poor town <laughs> again. Oh, don't worry. We're, we're said every, every episode's a I gas know. leak. No big deal. It's amazing. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about the episode? I have lots of thoughts, and I'd like to yell them. Mm, I think that's a great idea. Okay, well, why don't you start us off then? Oh, God. I wasn't expecting that. The opening scene in the graveyard, to start there, oh, I thought was really... Classic misdirection. Was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they do that misdirection a lot, which I really like. Uh, Buffy's worried about college, and I think that we should be worried as well. And this kind of goes to your whole thing on human sacrifice, because Buffy makes a pretty uneducated comment about talking about... Why can't I just be like a native culture where they just pierce something or cut something off? And I hope she goes to college to get a more nuanced view of the world at large and human history in general. So, Oh, yeah, that's nice. Go Buffy. Why is the Razorbacks banner at Sunnydale High blue? Famously, their colors are maroon and gold. Does the Sunnydale marching band even exist? You will sell it to raise money for the marching band. They need new uniforms. Yeah, those tall, fuzzy hats ain't cheap, huh? But they go with everything. Mm, can't That's confirm. a great can't question. <laughs> I mean, Oz does attest to it, so we have to believe that Oz is not Do lying. we see a single person carrying clarinet or a trumpet? I think not. I don't think so. I don't think we ever see somebody in a marching band. I mean, we definitely, they have a band. They have a concert band, or and at least a jazz band, too, because Oz was in it. Uh, Guys, we're you need to understand, you, we are calling Oz to account right now. In the in denying the existence Oz of this, Oz is the only person who can vouch for the existence of the Sunnydale. I believe Man. anybody. I believe in Oz. As I do too. That's I hard to go against Oz, but maybe he's pulling the wool over all of our eyes. What a he huge cover up! Cold blooded jelly donut. Uh, nice. Well done. Uh, Xander on the SATs. I hate they make us take that thing. It's totally fascist, and personally, I think it uh, discriminates against the uninformed. Actually, I'm looking forward to it. I do well on standardized tests. What? I can't have layers? There is actually research that attests to that. That it, that, that it does it well it's not that it's fascist, but <laughs> right. that it does discriminate against uh certain testing types and oh, yeah. where you are in schools and things like that. Yeah, yeah I can get uh But I think he's just trying to get out of it. Do you really you think so? I think he might be right. Can somebody buy Angel a fucking shirt? I was gonna say that. Is watching Angel do sweaty Tai Chi sexy? As someone who's not like into that whole thing, I don't know if that's objectively attractive. Uh, and Angel is a pedophile. I just wanted to combine those in a nice little n- nugget of a moment because I forgot because he yeah, hasn't, hasn't been around in, in so so long and they haven't had a moment in so long. I needed that reminder. Actually. <laughs> I, I did forget. <laughs> All just, I was thinking is that Taekwondo Angel is the saddest angel. And, <laughs> and now I realize it's the most pedophile angel. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank just, you for, ugh, when he's sitting there and they're like, oh, like they want to just like, ah, oh, you're a millionaire. Years old and she's a child she's a child how about ah. scott hope <laughs> we're not and then she was like we're fine that's wise don't tell him about your personal life anymore let him fucking leave yes are you well, kidding she me? can't immediately admit that she got dumped right after she told him Lie. she had a stable healthy it's, boyfriend it's true true <laughs> just never talk to angel again that'd be better so i'm sorry for you get you get co-credit for the 
by Angela Shirtline. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was literally going to say, <laughs> can someone take up a collection so we can buy Angela Shirtline? <laughs> I would donate. That's fine, though. I would donate. That's fine. Um, I did, like, just piggybacking off that. When Buffy comes in, watching Angel do really gentle ta- Tai Chi, but sweating a lot. And she goes, <laughs> wow, lot. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> literally anyone and can I do And I was this. like, what? Yeah. Anyone can do literally that. Literally my only exposure to Tai Chi is watching old ladies do it in TV shows in the park. In the park, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think that You're literally just putting him. We can do it right now for the most part. <laughs> I mean, no one would walk in and be no like, No disrespect. Whoa. I know it's like a meditative thing. And I'm sure there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes along with the spirituality, yada, yada. But... The physical the movements, physical I think that anyone can do, friend. Absolutely. Yeah. I worry about you. I worry about you. I'm getting stronger. Yeah, pretty soon you won't even need me. That'll be better. Yeah. Okay, Um. we didn't talk about this at all, but the moments between Xander and Willow make me want to die. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was gonna save that for relationships, maybe because it's it's gross. The little theme that plays every time literally makes my skin crawl. It makes me want to throw a brick through the, the TV. music. Is horrible. The yeah. um, twelve minutes we had to watch them touch their feet together. <laughs> never ending. Adidas. Scene. Adidas. Wearing the same shoes. Listen, the reason why that worked for me is at the very end when Cordelia breaks it up. There's, I'm gonna just play it underneath. There's this sound. Where is Giles already? I'm bored and he's not here to give me credit for it. The sound is so good. It's like, and like a whole crashing noise. Well, and then they and explode like, to other sides of the table and it looks like Willow almost falls off her stool. She's like catching herself on the table. Yeah. But awful. And then that moment when it's like, you can't even hand her a book, Xander, without this like going sideways. And they're like, Touching oh. with his thumb. I will say that I've been a part of shit like that. So no, I don't condone or support it. But uh, I, what I find most egregious is fucking Xander's shoes untied. Not your fucking shoe, man. I didn't even notice. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to fucking trip? I was so angry. I didn't notice either. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, It was bad. The music made it worse and, and made it comical. So I, I felt like that was almost commentary on the thing itself. But do you think so? I don't know. I think it was supposed to be legit sweet. Like, again, it was supposed to be an earnest Done it. I mean, I think this is something, again, going back to last week, I mean, I, I guess the point for me on that is that we talk about them never having longing glass, glances at one another to build it. They're at least following through. It's not like it happened and then it didn't happen and it's mm. not going to happen for four episodes. Yeah, at least they didn't bring uh, it up for no reason and then nothing. So yeah. if it's yeah. going to happen, shit, at least we're mm. fucking moving on with it. BX though, I just got to say, before Sander, come on. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Gross, <laughs> but also adorable that Cordelia likes him so much, which is why it's so bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I well, know, and then that moment weird. when Oz was like, she's always cute or something and I'm mm. like, not when she's kissing Xander. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I like uh, I like that the mayor has trust in Trick uh, and is really into subcontracting, which mm. is what he calls it. Even though, um, you know, obviously Trick subcontracted the entire Slayer Fest '98, and that was a total fucking disaster. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so, as I described, yeah, that that was great, and it truly paid off again in that it didn't. It didn't work. Again. Again, but we're going to keep going. He's just like that employee that is like the boss's favorite, but continues to do a terrible job. Absolutely. And the boss never noticed. No, that does. That makes me feel bad for Deputy Mayor Alan Finch, because I bet he does a great fucking job. Oh, we'll get to him. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure he has clean little nails. It does now. 
He does he now. He does now. He does. He'll never make that mistake again. What the fuck is going on with the audio of Miss Burton's voice? Because it sounds like it's dubbed. Like the, her yeah. mouth does not really line up with the the, the audio, oh, and her sounds like she's in a booth versus everyone else. That is not happening on the screen at the same yeah, time. Really, did you notice that at all? I did a little bit, especially when they were in the bronze. Yes, yeah. Um, it's not as noticeable in the school, but definitely in the bronze. I was like, laughing too hard. It didn't matter. Dialogue. That shit was so good. Willow, a that's, little tree. That's a tree. <laughs> Where is the whatever little tree? <laughs> and then fucking Snyder is just like. She's wasted. Miss Barton's wasted. <laughs> and I can discipline her because I'm the principal. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Buffy, whoa. You okay, Miss Barton? Oh, I'm cool, Willow. Willow, that's a tree. <laughs> Your tree. Uh, 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 are there any nachos in here, little tree? Are you sure you don't need some fresh air, Miss Barton? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is not normal. Uh, well, maybe that goes without saying. Hey, gang! This place is Fun City, huh? <laughs> Principal Snyder? Call me Snyder. Just a last name like Barbarino. Oh, I am so stoked! <sighs> hey, did you see Miss Barton? I think she's wasted. I'm gonna have to put that in her next performance review, cause, cause I'm the principal. <laughs> I don't like this. They could have heart attacks. I think maybe one of my favorite moments is when Buffy and Giles are fighting and then Buffy's like, do you want to try me? And then Giles just slicks his hair back and like walks away like, I'm still a tough guy, but no. I'm going to smoke this cigarette really aggressively. It's really great. That's that really one fun. of the best moments. <laughs> Trip gets back on the social commentary. Demand time. Oh, I thought it might be. That's the reason I love this country. You make a good product and the people will come to you. Of course, a lot of them are going to die, but that's the other reason I love this country. So we've got him, you know, making commentary. He's on the only one that's speaking to the world at large. and race, and now it's, uh, yeah. A couple of Oz things. Oz does have great hair. I've lived a lot of my life trying to have that hair, and it turns out that I can't have that hair because my hair isn't straight. So thanks. Thanks, Oz. I thought um, that was really funny because when they said that, I was like, wow, it's such 90s hair. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. It's all spiky. And that moment it. lingers, it, too, for a long time. It's lighter just like, than the rest of mm-hmm. it, and yeah, all spiky and gelled. <laughs> yeah. Tried. Failed. Um... And why didn't Oz drive? Oz knows how to drive. Okay, I understand Willow gets in the car with Buffy the first time because she doesn't know any better. And Buffy's mm-hmm. a fucking train wreck when it comes to that, for to driving. Oh, Summers, you drive like a spaz. But then we get back in the car, Snyder and Oz and Willow. And why doesn't Oz fucking drive? It's established that he has Maybe a he van. Maybe not know how to use a stick shift. What about Snyder, though? Like, Snyder could have driven... I mean, he's just under the influence of chocolate, but not really. I mean, I, like he's not yeah. high. He's, in theory, still an adult, right? Do they know how to drive? Clearly they it don't because like, they crash. Mm-hmm. Oh. That doesn't seem like it's a lack of driving sense. skills, but more like maybe you got drunk and then you're driving or you're mm-hmm. like acting like a, a, a teenager. Well, the chocolate seems to be making them not have inhibitions either. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a one step up, not just being a teenager. Because even Willow says like, I don't act like that, you know. Right, and, right. and maybe she wouldn't, but like maybe if she was a little fucked up, she might. Because and we do see her drunk uh, after her and Oz break up in season four, right at the beginning of something blue, well, and she's a fucking mess. Well, and yeah. it makes them caricature. It's, it's like so it's all just a joke. They're they're teenage to like the nth degree, mm-hmm. and that's why even like someone like Xander, who is this a lot of the time, doesn't even relate to them because I mean he does get it eventually but he doesn't act like this on a daily basis mm-hmm. either but it's like and he's like the biggest of, fuck up of all of them all of those teenage impulses it's really fun just to have characters just be the the id of a teenager mm-hmm. just completely yeah they're not actually full human beings they're just the id and that's fun i like chocolate there is no bad here 
I thought it was really fun when Buffy was trying to get answers from Ethan Rain or whatever. She was interrogating him. Perfect. And she was like, we're in a talk or bleed situation. Then Giles is in the background just egging him. Hit him! Hit him! And then when she does. And then when she finally does, he's like, yes! So, Ethan, what are we playing? We're pretty much in a talk or bleed situation. Your call. Hit him. Oh, I thought that was so fun to, like, see him, like, not just, like, participate in, like, her Slayer activities, but, like, really relish it mm-hmm. in a way that we don't ever see again. He, he never gives fun. them, she, he, he never it. gives her that type of, like, encouragement yeah, in the time. Yeah, that like, for life. Yeah, he would yeah. never do that <laughs> and in then, real life. What, earlier moments, too, where he's like, you're my Slayer, you do what I say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah him jumping in the air with his fist and saying so yes good. is, like, one of the best moments of the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, Buffy says, I'm supervised 24-7. It's like the real world house. Only, Only real. real. Cool reference, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How topical. How uh, topical. How did Ethan get in that fucking box? Right? Like, that was like a... What box? Jesus. Oh, the one Buffy breaks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That is... I don't don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, like, the, the quietness and then just, like, <laughs> like, break the box. Like, what the fuck is this? Because... And his little face pops out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you cower Why to the end of the box? Why would you pop your face out? Like, oh, hit my face next. <laughs> and she just believes him straight up when he's just like, no, for real, I really don't know. He gets off so light in all of this. It's oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Just to show up again, it blows my mind. Snyder is fire, but specifically the things I love the most. <laughs> I took Taekwondo with a Y. She whooped you good, huh? I can do that. I took Taekwondo at the Y. <laughs> Followed by karate moves. <laughs> and then those ladies like rolling their eyes. <laughs> and uh, when he's at the bronze and he's like, fight! His little face is like, just so excited. And even the fight in the hospital when he's about to fight with uh, Giles, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's just so good. Like, he's just trying to get out of Such it. Such a little weasel, out. yeah. Or it's that great. moment when he's like, so are you and Ripper like uh, going steady? And then, and then Joyce just is like... Ew! And <laughs> just gets him and walks away without responding. And then we just linger on him. Like, the choices made are so but good directing like, oh, again. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what his life is even like. I guess he gets eaten by a snake, so who cares? He Don't does. On it. He gets eaten by the mayor. <laughs> Do you have anything else? I just want to go back to our watches from last week. Um, so let's start. Xander button down tank top watch. Happened. It did happen. At the very end, yeah. At the very end. See, mm-hmm. I missed it. Uh, maroon jacket watch. No, no maroon jackets. I didn't see any maroon jackets. Giles being mean to Oswatch. Okay, that's not a thing. They weren't in a scene together. It's inconclusive. Anya watch. No, No. Anya's not in the episode. Bang watch. You guys, I... Terrible. So white. I need to... Okay, so I'm not really paying attention to this. She had her hair pulled back and then Mm -hmm. two little chunks on either side. The last scene also, And the chunks were white and a little bit pulled back were... Terrible. So, So I will ask, we get a check mark for... Uh, Xander button down tank top watch for bang watch. Is that a check mark or is that a question mark? Like what is, oh. what is the weird bang? What is this? Her little bangs. Is that good? Or is that bad? It's bad, but it happened. But it happened. Right. Okay. It happened. So bang watch will continue. Bang watch will happen every episode until they disappear. Fair enough. <laughs> and then I have a question about deputy mayor, Alan Finch watch. Is mm. it deputy mayor, Alan Finch watch, watch where we're watching for his watch that he wears on his wrist or are we watching for just his existence? Just his existence. Cause I can't because confirm. It doesn't last forever. Oh. But we get a bonus point for watch, watch. Yeah, I think watch so. Watch? Cause I couldn't confirm that he has a watch. I tried to go through all the photos on Google that I could. Oh my God. Can't confirm if he has a watch but I didn't know if we were making a joke about his watch. So we'll get back to that. Uh, The mayor has a fucking cell phone that works in the sewer, Mm. a 1998 cell phone that works in the sewer. Okay. Makes sense. And thank God that giant stone crib that the babies are in has fucking wheels. Otherwise, what would we have done? (laughs) 
why didn't we put it on the edge where the fucking monster was? So <laughs> right, it just, yeah. <laughs> why didn't we throw it in the water like everyone else? <laughs> why didn't we chuck the children in? I don't get it. I mean, why I guess they we? have to be on that little platform, but you why? can just throw the baby. Why? <laughs> I mean, Is that an what, ancient like platform? Throw, yeah, just whoop, like dunk whoop. it. <laughs> oh no! Uh, what do you have, Stacia? Um, I really wish that Buffy had brought Angel a chocolate bar because she was trying to cheer him up, and he ate it. He oh. turned into a teenager. <laughs> oh, that would have been so fun. I like chocolate. There is no bad here. Man, I don't think Jane could have handled that. She did enough. She did enough. We're going to give her the pass And we do get that, that moment in Angel when they do spin the bottle. When they do spin the bottle. Yeah, fine. Sad, Whatever. I think this would have been fun. And we don't get to see him with Buffy. True. Spin the yeah. That's fantastic, though. That's yeah. a great idea. I never thought about that. Because then we would have seen them essentially on the same level, right? Oh. They'd both be 16. Yeah, but he would be a 16-year-old in him. the... Si- no. No. He would but also be that real fun? Uh, fun, maybe <laughs> <laughs> not the rapey part, but come on, like it would yeah, yeah. be fun. Oh, it'd yeah. be a lot of fun. She would, she would kill it too. If that was her task, she would have knocked it out of the park. It would have been fantastic. Oh, I forgot to say, what the fuck was Laconis covered in that he was so flammable? He's in water. Like, what the fuck? He goes up in flames instantly. Also, just like back out. Just, <laughs> just, just zip back. <laughs> oh, that's fire. <laughs> I mean, you should be. I mean. At the very least, you're an ancient demon. Fire is an essential element. It's been around the whole time. <laughs> Not only on Earth, but just you got to imagine on other planets. Like, this is an essential Earth-giving, life-giving uh, fuel. He's got to be familiar. you got to be afraid Back of fire. We're all afraid of fire. And we yeah. don't encounter it on a daily basis at all. Just, like, primarily. And we see it, it does we walk seem away like you would be used to running into those, like, um, Venus flytraps that shoot fireballs. Yes. Because of Mario. Because <laughs> <laughs> he lives in Mario world. I believe they're called piranha sometimes, flowers. Yeah, sometimes he pops out of a, a pipe and everything is really, really tiny. Other times he comes out and everything is really, really big. He was expecting that this time. It would just be a little little tiny He's flame. He's a normal sized snake. He just got to our world and we're oh, the tiny world. No. No. Man, what a story. <laughs> I didn't realize this was a tragedy. Poor Laconis, R.I.P. It was just too much to deal with. It was like nothing made sense anymore. The things that I thought I understood were gone. I just felt so alone. Is that the math or the verbal? Mostly the math. Just want to let you guys know, we're a real podcast, and you can find us at BeatMePod everywhere, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Um, you can follow us now. Brand new news. Uh, I mean, not, not fun news, not like reboot news or anything like that, but news for us. If you use Spotify where you can find our playlist that will contain every song that's been in, in every episode of the show so far, as well as any songs that might happen during the course of our podcast episodes at beat me fun time for podcast pun. Oh my God. Beat me fun time playlist for podcast fans season three. And while you're on Spotify, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to our podcast? That's right. You can find every episode of the apocalypse comes beat me now on Spotify. So please do that. Yeah. Give us a little follow, a little oh. listen. Um, I think it might be time to rank this sucker. What do you guys think? I'm super ready. Sweet. Let's do it. Willow Hacks. Bringing the episode down and I'm bitter about it. Not a goddamn computer in the episode. No, but also magic. But no not magic. Willow magic. I know. There's none of that. There's no none. hacking, no magic, no nothing. I think so. It's a five. Just which footsie. is a bummer. Footsie? Which four? Is, nope. No. Four? I mean, Six? yeah, if anything, that's going to go down. Um, Giles, 10. 
Because regular Giles, pre-Candy Giles, is 100% Giles. He's got three-piece tweed suits. Hit the scene, the very first scene with them in the graveyard doing the testing. It's just fucking adorable, especially when she, you know, uses her pen to stake the vampire, or, or pencil, and then just hands her another oh, one, yeah. just like seamlessly. It's fantastic. For me, Giles, I just want to say, is the most badass and the most fuddy-duddy at the same time. Mm-hmm. And there is not another episode, I can almost guarantee it, where we're going to get a Giles of the past and the Giles of the present intermingled in one episode altogether. Oh, yeah, no. He didn't get knocked out, but he was certainly in mortal peril and he was certainly doing his thing. Yeah, he almost got eaten by a snake. He almost got eaten by a snake. It's fantastic. It was just amazing. Yeah, so as Giles, regular Giles as we know him and Ripper Giles, I think he was being both of those to the most he could be. He was. Uh, So he gets a 10 for that for sure. Mm -hmm. Good. So I'm going to skip over Joyce. (laughs) Monster of the Week. I love Ethan Rain. Um, Yikes. Lurconis is the worst because I don't know why Ethan Rain gets to be part of the monster of the week. He's because he facilitated it. I mean, Christmas. Trick had a hand in it. Ethan Rain had a hand in it. Obviously, it was all orchestrated kind of by the mayor. Uh, Lurconis is the actual bad guy. Lurconis, what's up with Lurconis? He's the worst. I mean, the okay. CGs. It is what it is, right? I mean, it's nineties graphics, a TV show budget. What are you gonna do? They did their best. It's fine, but it's still like he's in it for three fucking seconds and it gets taken out instantly. It's not really like a bad guy. So I based it more on the villain being the candy because that's really what it was, right? Like the mm-hmm. the insidious act was that we're wiping out the, the adults ooze. in the city. Yeah, the ooze, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that the babies can be stolen. So I think that the they could have done this without the can. I like I get it. People would be upset or whatever, but at the end, they literally drew an entire community away from nobody looking at the hospital i don't look at the hospital day to day all you got to do is poison the hospital staff to steal the babies why did an entire town have to go under (laughs) it's more conspicuous if you do it to the whole town god damn it fucking idiots fucking idiots but i i I take the candy as the bad guy for the episode and i'm gonna go with an eight lurconis brings it down but okay relationship goodness or badness uh willow and xander are gross but beyond that willow and oz adorable Cordelia and Xander, adorable. The BX thing it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, d- dumb and cheesy, but yeah. cute in that Cordelia's Xander thing. Had a lot of great lines uh, Angel and Buffy are gross, but Giles and Joyce, I don't know, man, kind of makes up for the whole whole everything. I just I love it. It's so Buffy history, yeah. so funny and just like so believable that, mm-hmm. that that would happen if they were teenagers hanging around each other. Like that would totally happen. Um, He's so pretentious and arrogant, and she's and just she's so, so really into it because he's so aloof. He doesn't. He could not give a, a fuck about. You her. fancy that? <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> it's wonderful. So I gave it an eight because uh, Angel and Buffy and Sander and Willow bring it down. But uh, yeah, so Joyce, <laughs> I got. Three. I'm going to be honest with you, everyone. Um, I need Joyce to get a good score so that this episode can get a good score. So I don't know what to do with myself. I put it at five. Which I knew you already said was way too high, but I don't know what to do. I know. When she again, when she shows up, we're at zero. We've gone through the litany. She maybe gets a point for the funness of being out in the world as uh, somebody under a spell, Mm -hmm. but she's a terrible. Well, the category is is, Joyce Joyce is is a a terrible terrible mom, mom. (laughs) not a person. So she does give character development to her complications with being a mom which I don't hold against her and I think is a very real thing. However, all, the two moments we see at buttressing the episode, she's a <laughs> yes. bad mom. Yeah. yeah, she is. She doesn't cook. She again is going to like, you know. All right. Her, well, her then I'll put it to you like this. Do you want this episode to be ranked lower than Homecoming? This is, I feel like, not my problem. I'm saying that maybe there needs to be a fucking grown-up zone and a fucking kid zone. 
would you have given Joyce? In this episode? Like, yeah. realistically, without having to doctor the scores? I mean, I don't know. A two? Go with- Okay. <laughs> but what would you have given her? What was your score going to be? Five. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I hate it, but I just, <laughs> I say just keep going with it. You follow your heart. I don't want to change you. I hate it. I will it. mock you. Yeah. It just, it, improve feels, the... it feels better inflating that because I had a fun time watching Joyce, even yeah. though the character is Joyce is a terrible It's such the, a powerful drug, though. She is so good. I think Christine Sutherland is so good in this episode. Yeah. And she said that this is definitely one of her famous, uh, favorites to film. And I was like, no kidding. You get no, to do kidding. so much fun stuff. All the adults must have had mm-hmm. a fucking riot. So I think that's I'll mostly what inflated it. So for this one episode, we'll say the category is not Joyce is a terrible mom, but just Joyce. Joyce. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Which makes sense because she showed up. And on that topic, episode specific, screw you. I want candy. 10 of 10. Yes. So that's 46 for the episode. That puts it number one of the season, oh, which is nice. why it was important for me to fight for Joyce's voice. That's good. That's good. Uh, Sitch, are you ready? I ranked for last week. No, okay. You're up. Yeah. Uh, I put Homecoming from last week at 13 out of 39. That's yeah. Which is uh, below School Heart and Innocence and above Inca Mummy Girl and Dark Age. <laughs> <laughs> below, below School Heart. Fucking School Heart. Ruins everywhere. Yeah, well, I put School Heart above Innocence and then I didn't know what to do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> School Heart will always fuck everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> that's a forever score. I, I hate all my rankings because yeah. now, and I think the problem is because when we talk about it during the episode, I was like, yeah, this is a good episode. And then I rank it higher. And then after the fact, I'm like, I don't remember why I like that mm-hmm. episode. I don't know. So for Band Candy this week, I am putting it at 9 out of 40. Cool. Yes. That's good. Yes. Top 10. It is below Angel and Halloween and above Nightmares and the Harvest. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That okay. makes sense. I thought Halloween was a more fun episode where I didn't I gotta have the cute beginning budding relationship of Willow and Oz mm-hmm. with True. who is that girl is that and everything girl? is fun whereas this while band candy is fun the um, Willow and Xander fuckery is less good <laughs> yes therefore Agreed. Willow it is, it's less good, <laughs> it's less good <laughs> than Oz discovering Willow and being adorable about it Very so diplomatic. there we go <laughs> below Halloween <laughs> I don't want to pretend that this is not one of the best episodes of the show it will definitely be my number one overall um of this so far not number one though so i'm debating of whether to put it as number 10 as a top tenner Ooh. or to just put it in my top 15 um i don't remember exactly where i put it before but i'm not gonna go for 10 because i know the zeppo is gonna make it soon so i'm gonna go with number 12 i'm gonna put it at okay. 12 it's conservative i might regret that later because i feel like it's probably gonna want to be higher but for a but for a filler episode for an episode that really doesn't have a whole lot to it but does show up in those really significant ways the real ways that matter for the show like him listening to that later is going to fucking kill me mm-hmm. that's the type of shit that really stays with you and when a filler episode can do that and i think we all felt the same way about um our eyes are only watching you or whatever or, oh i only have eyes for I you i only have eyes for you same thing it's just like that's an episode that really sticks with you mm-hmm. this this sticks with you not only is it very serious in a way because it makes sense later because it's very sad because you get to see, i mean giles imagines getting, getting able to see the teenage self of somebody that you love as an adult that must be really cool but it's also just the funniest episode by far mm. the funniest the most relationship heavy friendship heavy everyone's having 
a specific time, and it's fantastic. 12 of 137. You guys get Xander and Cordelia. Go to the library and look it up. Candy curses? Disturbing second childhood. Got it. 12, I think, is good because season three alone has a couple of great filler episodes. We still have The Wish coming up soon mm-hmm. and Doppelganger, Doppelganger which is very which related to that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's good. That's smart. Um, all right. I think that we can say... Adios. Bank Andy's in the books. You guys, unless you have any parting thoughts? I like chocolate. There is no bad here. I sometimes like things that are not good for me. Or to do that thing with your mouth that boys like. The truth is, I like this world. You're like a woman, Ripper. Baseball. When you lose, it's bad. I like chocolate. There is no bad here. Fantastic. Jane Espenson, treasure. Looking forward to more of her episodes because they're great. Gingerbread's coming up this season, too, which she also did. She's great. So uh, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week on the 17th for Revelations, which is not a great episode. So look forward to that. Well, we say that every time, and it turns out to be the best episode ever. So Revelations is going to be the best episode uh, we'll ever. It will be. We'll ever come back It's one to of the it. only clunkers in the season. Okay. See you next week. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Oh, oh bye. First, bye. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Her name is Aphrodite, and she rides a crimson shell. And you know you cannot leave her, for you touch the distant sands. With tales of brave Ulysses, how his naked ears were tortured by the siren's sweet.